Okay, we're live. Um, I'm David Wild, a filmmaker actor from Scotland. Um, I've got a fellow Scot here, uh, Cameron Jack, um, who's an actor. Um, many other things as well, because I know you've done a bit of directing and you know lots of stuff and writing and right. yeah. a lot. So, uh, um, not yeah, very good at, not very good at any of it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Who is? <laughs> that doesn't stop film. That still, it doesn't stop stuff getting made or you know. No, no, it never has, mate. It never has. <laughs> So uh, as I said before, we first connect. I first saw your work over the years. I've seen bits of you your online and knew your face familiar. But I saw you in a film called Boys Night, who uh, James Price, who I, I met at the Edinburgh Film Festival two years ago, and uh, you played a great part in that, which we'll talk about later. But uh, really, just want to get back to the yeah. somebody for the film. yeah. No, it's a great film. Great film. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to that later. So really, just want to do a kind of summary. You know how you get started. Um, like we're saying, um, you know, want to be an actor in Scotland at your time was probably a thing that you didn't shout for the rooftops. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, how well, would was that the same for you? You know? Yeah, it just wasn't a done thing, was it? Um, yeah. Where I come from, so I would be, I was born in seventy two. Right. Probably broached the subject of being an actor, probably at primary school. You know, I did a bit of stand up at primary school. One of right. the one of wee brown plastic radio. I must have been about six or seven. Uh, there was people getting up and singing. I got up and did a wee bit of stand-up. One of wee brown plastic radio. Loved the applause. I thought, oh, this is, this is you know, this is cool. Um, did a couple of school things. Went to secondary school. The, the thing is, and I've got to say it, and it's a terrible thing to say in 2022, but when I, where I come from, where I came from, it was considered a wee bit of an effeminate way to make a living. So yeah. <laughs> so I kind of discovered mm. kicking a ball, going to nightclubs. You remember Clatty Pats, Mr. Wilde? Do you remember that place? I, I, I know the name, you know. Cleopatra's. Oh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, so, so I just kind of fell by the wayside, really, and just never. I, I think I was, I was saying to you at one point, my dad worked in the shipyards. <clears throat> my old man passed away in 2016. He was a brilliant guy. Um, my mum worked in the sick kids hospital. My brother worked in the shipyards. The, the one the one member of the family that had a slightly artistic temperament was my sister, who was a really good dancer. And uh, we used to go and watch her. And she went on to do some choreography later. But it didn't really occur to me that I could be an actor. But But... I had to be because I was fucking terrible at everything else. I wasn't the academic. I wasn't the academic. I couldn't do what my dad did. Um, I, I'm totally serious when I say that. I mean, yeah, no, I, I get I've it, got, man. I get it. Yeah, I've got, you know, I, sh I display a lot of traits of somebody who's got ADHD, which I've been kind of looking into. So I kind of was all over the shop and just got to my late teens and thought, there's got to be something better than this. I was, I, I did a YTS at Marks and Spencer's. Done that and as well. I, I say, yeah, I was talking to some younger people the other day about it. I was saying the first year I, I did it, it was £29.50 a week, 1988. And in the second year, they gave you a massive pay rise to 42 quid. <laughs> so that was, that was my life. Because I, I was, I just wasn't academic. I couldn't really do anything with my hands. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I just did that thing that a lot of people do. They go and do a bit of arm dram. Um, I, I think I've missed a wee bit. Of, I, I'd, as you'd said before we started, my, my career at the start was very much based around musical theatre. Yeah. 
And I, at this early point, sort of late teens, early 20s, I was going around Glasgow winning all sorts of money at karaoke competitions. Right. Uh, I was winning tellies. I won my brother's honeymoon. I won all sorts of stuff. And I knew I, knew, I, knew I could sing. Yeah. Well, it didn't occur to me really that I could do musicals. Then I fell into the Amdram thing and, and blessed. A few people said to me, you should try and do this for a living. So I said to a big guy, Campbell, uh, who was in the Apollo Players, which was a famous Amdram group in Glasgow. I don't think they're going anymore. Right. He said to me, um, he said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't know where to go. I don't really know how to start. He said, we well, should try from Mount View. That's where I went. He, he didn't, didn't last the three years. So I went, got in that bay, got a scholarship, and that was it. I, I never went anywhere else. And I kind of fell into this musical theatre course and thought to myself, right, so this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to do musicals. Yeah. And I realised within about a month, I was like, oh, I don't fancy this at all. <laughs> I don't right. really, I don't, I'm not getting a, a buzz from it. I knew, yeah. I kind of knew very early on, my big love was the camera. Um, right. And I did some television classes there and fell in love with it and got friendly with a, an old guy called Richard Martin who used to be a very successful director back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, the Doctor Who, Quatermass, fucking amazing things. And he said to me, you've got a knack for this, my boy. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, but I, because of the way I was raised, it was all about making a living. Um, but I never had a great passion for musicals. Yeah. The same way that I did for film. Because yeah. my old man, my old man was a welder. He used to work away. He worked in Shetlands. Uh, he worked in Holland. He worked in London. So my old man at one point would be maybe four weeks away and a week back. But I would be maybe eight, nine. Yeah. But a first family, first family in the street to get a video recorder. And I watched films like Night of the Hunter, which Charles Lawton directed, which is probably my favourite movie of all time. Yeah, it's a great uh, film. And he's only, he's, he's only a film he directed as well. Uh, because it, it was so panned, they had a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's my favourite film of all time. Um, but he, my dad sat me down. We watched The Exorcist, which I shouldn't have been anywhere near. Because um, my father done the same. I know. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, we watched. Uh, I think we watched. Um, what sort of big disaster movies? Town and Inferno, Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> so actually, my dad taught me. Uh, my dad gave me a love for film, and when my old man passed away. I did a speech at his funeral, which was tough, but my dad, it was my dad that gave me a love of film. And it's my dad that's injected this love of being in front of the camera as well. So so I just kind of fell into this other world that I wasn't really suited to, I don't think. But I did all right. right. I, I, did, I did big shows. I did six years in the West End. But I never, I never, I, 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 I didn't find it that exciting, which yeah. a lot of people yeah. think is bizarre, but it wasn't for me. No, if you know where your strengths and weaknesses are, your real interest is, I mean, you know, I can understand, you know, then for just to go back a little bit, Mountain View is one of the big drama schools in London. It's one of the main huge, ones, isn't it? Huge. Yeah. And it's, it, I have no. to say, though, it, they've turned out some incredible actors as well. I mean, Ken Stone yeah. went there. Dougie yeah. Henshaw went there. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real, it's a real Eddie Marson went there, who's yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Um, so... I, it has a reputation as a musical theatre school, but I learned a lot, a lot of good stuff on the acting side as well. Mm. Um, it's just that I kind of wasn't on the right course for me, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
But you get more into the the acting rather than the musical. Um, yeah. Was you is this right? Were you in um the stage version of Train Spotting? Um did you was, play Benke? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so in nineteen ninety. Sorry, sorry, man. We've got a slight. Yeah. We're going to keep this going. We've got a slight crackling again. I don't know if you can go slightly back for the mic. If that's going to help it, I'll you know, we're not going to. I'll give you a count again. Any better? Five, four, three, two, one. No, still there. Aye, it's still there, man. I don't think we're going to get it fixed. I think we just need to continue with it. Um, yeah. as what it as what it as what it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, um, so yeah, look, um, train spotting, yeah, so you played Begbie in train spotting, how was that, you know? I did, yeah, so I've had a weird long association with train spotting, up, up until, uh, up until three months ago, when I was offered the opportunity to do the West End musical workshop of train spotting, train spotting the musical is coming right. into West End um, <laughs> in, a year, in a year or so. Right. And, and, that it wasn't it wasn't something that I wanted to look at at, at the moment, but I think it's yeah. going to be a massive hit. So yeah. when I was at drama school, an ex girlfriend of mine took me to see Train Spot in the play at the Bush Theatre in London. Right. Ewan Bremner was playing. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Renton. Yeah. Malcolm Shields, unbelievable actor, was playing Begbie, and I think Susan Fiddler, and God forgive me, I can't remember the other lad's name. It was Tommy and Sick Boy. But um, it blew me away. And I've been in mind, I was tap dancing in the afternoon, singing Bits of Lame Is, Miss Saigon. Uh, went to see this and it changed my life. I, I know it's a dramatic thing to say, but I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then I had I had so massive balls, mate, when I left college. I left college April 95. Right. And I, I was meeting some agents. And I went up to Gail Stevens' office who cast Train Spot. It's a very And I knocked the door and a guy came to the door and I said, I need to be in the film. And he's like, you know, this isn't the way it's done. And I was like, well, I don't really know any better. I auditioned for the movie off the back, introducing myself. Didn't get it. Typical. Um, And then a year later, the play came round. I saw the play advertised. My agent, brilliant agent at the time, Michelle Braidman, was like, would you be interested? And I was like, hundred percent. And of course, that's where I met Gerard Butler, who was playing Renton. I, I Gerard Butler was on it playing Renton. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, it didn't last too long, Jerry. Oh, no, mind me telling you that. Um, he kind of fell, fell by the wayside a wee bit. He didn't right. get to the end of the run. But right. what uh, you've met, Jerry? I know you have. Um, I met him for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Energy. Wait, wait. Energy, yeah. charisma. Yeah. Like fire. It's just Absolutely, hundred percent, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so it was great. I, I, I'm on record to say I didn't think I'd get the Begbie part because Jerry's six two, I'm five seven. I thought it was too wee to be threatening. Yeah. And yeah. actually, the director said that's why you got the gig. Aye, but there's there's yeah. a lot of Scottish guys that the wee guys have got the big yeah. attitude because they're in, yeah. you know what I mean. So that that makes just sense. An, just an ankle biter, mate. <laughs> um, but it was a great, it was a great experience, and it changed my life in the sense that I kind of discovered that I could act and hold an audience like a thousand seater with a monologue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's come. I directed it in two thousand and eight in London. Um, it's still out on the roads, different version. Right. Um, and then, as I say, the opportunity came up 
a few months ago to, to potentially do the musical version of it. Right. And I just, it keeps coming back round. And I auditioned for T2 as well. Um, right. Didn't get it. Never managed to make my way into one of the films, but playing right. Begby was one of the greatest joys of my life. It was a brilliant, brilliant part. Yeah, yeah. So um, what I was going to ask was, um, yeah, and to, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask you. I was I'm back again. Nothing to do with yeah. No, be before we jump into the film stuff, which because I know you came uh, to film acting a bit later, or TV, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we jump into that, looking back on it, what's your experience? What's your thoughts on theatre? Between I know theatre and film is very different. But yeah. the one thing I did like, I've only done theatre a few times, that was when I first yeah. started. The one thing I did like about it was that you don't, nobody's editing a performance. It's no. you. You're controlling yeah. it. You're playing it. Um, yeah. do, I, I, is there, do you still have a, do you, do you still do theatre? Do you still like theatre the same as film? Or is it a film never, thing I that never you like? Loved, I never loved it the same way. I mean, my, right. first, job, my first job at Amount <laughs> Youth was yeah. uh, Brian, Brian Cox cast me in Richard the Third. Um, right. at Regent's Park, um, right. which isn't a bad first job and a bad, it's not yeah. a bad first director. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I started off obviously playing the smaller parts, but I suffered terribly with stage fright. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of people who know me will say I'm the most confident person you'll ever meet. But I literally was crippled with nerves, like yeah, yeah. attacks. And I found the whole thing, in, in my whole six years in the West End, I struggled with it. And I, um, I'm i quite open about it now. I was trying to keep it under wraps at the time, um, which of course makes it worse, doesn't it? So, so theatre for me was a, was a kind of negative experience because I would put myself through the ringer every night and I found it exhausting. And what, it's interesting what you said about, you know, it's just your performance, you know, it's a different kind of pressure. But what I liked about filming was that if I fucked up, yeah. I could go back and fix it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about it. I try not yeah. to fuck up. Uh, I yeah. try and get everything in the first take. But I found I found film very liberating, whereas a lot of film actors say they find the theatre thing liberating. I found it quite debilitating. Um, I've not done anything in the theatre since, uh, I don't think I've done anything since about 2015. 2016. I think, well, is that, I mean, there's a lot of movie stars. Look, look, if you take Al Pacino, Al Pacino loves the theatre, loves Love film, but, but De Niro is not really a theatre guy. He was when he was young. No. Doesn't no. go back to the theatre, it's film. So it's not even so much, it, I, I, I don't even think so much a confidence. For me, when I think back, it's not so much a confidence thing. It's more mm. to do with, it's like, Jesus Christ, if I just fucking miss one line here, one section, I could yeah. fuck up and collapse the whole thing. Unless you've got actors that can rescue you, but you don't want to be rescued, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, quite, you're right, you're right. You know, if you're, if you're the actor that can't really cut it, it's, yeah, it, yeah. It's, like, it's like, I say to my students, because I teach acting as well, and screen acting, and yeah. it, one of the biggest cliches you get at drama school is keeping the ball in the air, from yeah. an energy perspective. It's yeah. so true in theatre. Somebody drops yeah. the bat and the whole thing yeah. keeps collapsed. The other problem, yeah. Dave, I had was the repetition. Because yeah. I, I did a lot of long contracts. I did a year and nine months in Les Miserables, two years in We Will Rock You. I found it very difficult not to come away from the original story and and fucking kind of change things. Yeah, And yeah. that caused yeah. me a lot of problems because directors would say to me, no, you can't do it, you have to do it. Like the last actor that played it, and I was like... But that's that's musical for you. I know, I know. It's I a template, yeah, and you have to yeah. put it in a template. But I had yeah. a terrible, and I'm going to be very open about this. 
<clears throat> had a terrible experience in 2012 on a on a uh, on South Pacific, which transferred from Broadway, and uh, I took the gig. Started at a barbican, and it was a horrendous experience. It was just mm. artistically, spiritually, it was crippling. You know, um, I won't go into too much detail, but it was a horrendous year, and I hated it, and I should never have taken the gig. Um, the kind of day-to-day running of the show, the people were, I'll be very diplomatic, difficult. Um, and it was then, in 2012, I thought, I can't, I can't do a year in something else. And I was, I would change things. The director, brilliant director, Bartlett Sher, said to me, look, Cameron, I know you won't stick to the same thing every night, but it has to be within the spirit of the show. And anytime Bart saw it, he thought I was, you know, keeping, uh, to sticking to the spirit of the show. But there were other people in the building who didn't think that. So I had a few run-ins and I'm very, very, very easygoing. Um, I work hard, I try and, make sure everyone feels positive about the work. But my head went down on that and it was it was a, it was a real turning point for me. I just yeah. thought I need to really focus in on the on the film and TV now. Right. The thing I found about the I mean that it was a long time ago I'd done it, but reflecting on it, if I was going to do a play, I'd probably be doing a play because it's like you know it's high stakes drama, you know, so it's yeah. dramatic, whatever it is. And the thought of the thought of maybe have been really emotional every night and doing that over and over again yeah. to me can be mentally fucking exhausting. You know, yeah, yeah. I would rather do that in a few takes, you know, yeah. um, and and let yeah. it go. And you're going to next. So I completely get that. You know, yeah, I can I'm see the team. attraction, but I think I mean it's a mixture of actors. Some some people love it, some people don't. But there, yeah. I, I don't know how many times I've had people saying to me, "Oh, it's not proper if you don't tread the boards and if you don't." And it's like, do you know what? Fuck off. You know, and yeah, I always see yeah. it. It's Robert De Niro's. Hi, Robert. Styles. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it, but they always say like you should go back to what it's the, the the real acting, and it's like I don't believe in that. I believe real acting is when you tell a story, whether it's in film, medium, whatever, uh, even if it's, if, if it's a voice fucking play, whatever it is. Yeah. That's do you know what I mean? It, um, yeah, so people, I get people it, man. Get you know, about it. The, the, yeah. I, do think that, I do think there are some elements from each style you can take into the other. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I know we've got crackling, but let me just explain to MD listening. The other yeah. noise is the French bulldog chewing a plastic bone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to move anything and show you, but if there's a strange noise in the background, Steve, it's Coco. Um, we can do yeah, Coco's chewing the bone, you know. Yeah, I think there's transferable skills. Yeah, but yeah. for me, I have to go with what I enjoy doing, which is filming. Yeah, I think the trans- some of the, the transferable skills, uh, this is what I always say to actors, that I've got a bit of beef, and I used to do it myself. Some actors think they don't need to learn the lines, you know. And I always say, if you were going to, if you, and, and do you know what? And they think because it keeps them fresh. What well, does it keep you fresh? Bullshit. Le- learning your lines then keeps you fresh because you, then you can free yourself with the subtext. You, you can know? play within the, the dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. But so I always say, it's like you should learn your lines, like you're going to learn your lines for the stage. Because yep. you would not just say, I'll just busk it the last night. Would you fuck? You would learn those lines because you're on stage. Oh, Treat it the often, same way. You know. Often you learn them before you go into rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is uh, insane. So you've learned them four weeks before you step, you step foot on stage for yeah, your, for your yeah. 
Yeah, but the beauty is, like you say, you've got a safety net. But if you know the lines, that's the subtext that you can play around with, you know. Yeah. But um, but back into film, moving on forward with film. So you, what was your first main? Was it TV and film? What was your first main? Because you I was did. it. I was, it was lucky. Great. I was lucky. I, I've worked with a lot of actors who just never got a break on TV. Who are better yeah. than me, better actors than me. Um, I was lucky. I got a good agent out of drama school. I think I think at the time when I graduated in '95, Ewan McGregor had just broke through. David Tennant had broke through. You know there were a lot of agents were looking for Scottish actors because it was yeah. a very marketable thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And also because I could sing, I could move a bit, and I could act. I was I was a decent sell for people. So. Yeah. Um, Michelle Braidman, my first agent, brilliant agent, still going. Uh, she got me my first TV job about maybe four or five months after I left college. So I finished at Regent's Park on Richard III's Midsummer and Extreme, etc. And then went straight into a kids' TV show. So right. I'd already, I'll talk about that in a minute, and I say this to my students, my performances are fucking, you know, it's a car crash. <laughs> I, do, I tick every box... Of, of what not to do on a TV job. I'm too big. I'm projecting. I'm moving too much. I've got too yeah. many facial expressions. I'm yeah. over listening. I'm overreacting. <laughs> black mark, black mark. That's, that's the theatre stuff, isn't it? Yeah. You and know. that's, it was too, I'd just come yeah. to the theatre. <clears throat> and I remember watching it and thinking, never again. And I just, I got on a run with them um, and I just got better at it. I got, it yeah. takes, I say to my students, you know, when, when I teach screen acting, I say to them, get in front of a camera as much as you can. I, I don't care whether it's a TikTok video or a short film or a presenting job or whatever it is, get in front of a camera and hone your craft. Because if you just turn up not having practised, you get the level of performance that I gave in Harry's Mad, which is a long forgotten kids TV show. But I got, I got, on, a, I got on a roll with it. But you know what, mate? I was um, the tag up that I did in '98 came on the other day, um, right. and again, it's not great. It's not great. I just got better with practice, but I don't look comfortable. I'm, I'm better yeah. than I was in '95. Yeah, yeah. But I've got a weird, I've got weird speech patterns. I've got what I tried to do with that gig was the actor that played my dad. So one of the worst casting fucking things you'll ever see the actor that played my old man is an actor called david robb now david's a, a very handsome tall blonde blue-eyed middle class man he played the doctor in downton abbey he's a Great. wonderful actor he's done rsc i've seen him i saw him in the audience in the west end so i saw him at the show he wasn't in the show he um he's just done the most incredible stuff so why they thought that was a good fit, I'll never know. What I decided, I thought was really clever. I kind of bent my performance to fit how David spoke and moved. Right. And it was a terrible decision. I just looked, <laughs> I just looked, I just looked leaden. Um, um, and the mum in this context of the show had passed away. And I said to the director, I said, I don't feel like we like are a, a natural fit. And he said, no, what we're going to do, Cameron, is we're going to, there's going to be a scene where you, you rock, because I was a villain in it. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, <laughs> that happened very I want, I want to talk about yeah, uh, yeah. villains and typecasters, because so I think I agree with you. Bit, know. 
he said to me, what we're going to do is to explain the, the parental thing, that you don't look like the dad. We're going to have you taking jewellery out of the mum's jewellery box. We're going to mention that she's dead. And we're going to give you a photo of a woman with dark hair and blue eyes who looks like you. We'll get a model that looks a little bit like you. And that'll explain that that, that, that you look like the mother. And I was like, that's fucking great. And they cut that scene out. Sorry, sorry. So, so I went to dinner. I went to dinner about three months after it was on. Uh, John Chalice, who passed away last year, who played Boise in Only Fools and Horses. Right. I did Richard III uh, and the music man at Regent's Park with John on my first right. job. And right. I, he was one of the nicest, most wonderful human beings you could A lot of people say that online. Oh, yeah, my God. People, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. And he said yeah. to me, within the first month of working together, he said, getting typecast is one of the best things that can happen to a young I, actor. I can agree with that for yeah. many reasons. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. but I went uh, to dinner at his house. Sorry, I'm yeah. jumping in. I went to yeah, dinner yeah. at his house about a month after Taggart was on, and uh, he had a couple of dinner guests. And the, one of the guests said to me, "Were you in the um, Taggart was on recently?" I went, "Yeah." He went, "He went, how was that?" I went, "It was an actor I was talking to. I can't remember the guy's name." I went, "Oh, it was good." He went, "That's the worst piece of casting I have ever seen." <laughs> I was like, "Kill me!" I said, "I can't Doesn't matter. You, you went, thanks you're... for confirming it." You're Scottish, you've got to be in Target. Everybody's in yeah, fucking Target. Everybody, everybody. I was in Target, even though I didn't have any lines. I was yes. in fucking Target. Everybody's in Target, you know. It's a badge of honour, mate. It's a badge of yeah. honour. But that was what I was going to say. Um, yeah, just to, I mean, we'll go jump ahead in a minute, but just where we're there about typecasting, I totally agree with you. Where mm. you're, you're brought up with acting that you should play different roles and different parts and the Ali Guinness thing. Um, mm. But essentially, if you look at movie history over the years, you know, when people are casting, casting directors and directors, they want to know a person can do a certain job. So it's too expensive and it's too time consuming. So that they, they usually tend to shine towards people that can do something well. Yeah. And if you can do that well, you can make a career out of it. I totally. mean, if you take even the, um, if you even take the Gary Oldmans, who's well known for playing extreme characters and Sid Vicious and the, yeah. to Joe Orton, but yeah. at, the, at the same time, Gary Oldman over the years was still known as playing the bad guy. You yeah. know, he can never get comedy roles. You no, know, no. in comedy slash comedy. So no. in a way that that never same as De Niro was still playing the bad guy, even though he's played all these other characters in Pacino. Yeah. But they made a career out of it. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, this is the thing. So, um, and I think the beauty of today, though. If you're getting cast, it means you're fucking working, you know. Yeah. And if you're working, if you really want to play other roles and you want to play an artist or some fucking mad fucking composer or something, you can get yourself a writer if you can write, make a short film, you show another side to yourself that can yeah. show you another side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you I, know. I, I'm trying to <clears throat> mention Gary Oldman. I worked I work with Gary <coughs> in, in 2011, I think. Um. And Dark Knight Rises? Is that the Dark Knight yeah, Rises? Yeah, Dark Knight yeah. Rises. I battered them over the head with a, 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 a rifle. And then, right. got, then got, I got my neck broke by Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, yeah. yeah. Um, but Gary, Gary had great advice. But I use Gary as an example. I, I, I say that, you know, actors like Jodie Comer, Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, uh, you know, those actors that have tremendous range and can do different physicalities and different voices. You mentioned some of Gary's roles. If you look at Churchill, and then you look at yeah. Mason Verger, yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah. But there's a very elite, maybe 1% of actors that have got that gift mm. and the opportunity to express that gift. For the rest of us, it's about continuing to work. 
And yeah. I say to students, I'm like, find a niche, find a niche. And the, the phrase that comes up again, time and time again for me is, you're a strong flavour. The way I'm built, the way I talk, I'm not tall. Um, I, I work out, I look quite threatening, I'm not, but I just found a niche. And I, funnily enough, I worked towards finding that niche. I didn't resist yeah. I um I thought, I think it was around the time I was kind of doing, starting to do the movies. And another thing I say to my students, mate, is I was 39 when I did The Dark Knight Rises. And I distinctly remember thinking before that, that I would never do a movie. I was on a TV show called He Kills Coppers, and I spoke to an actor there. Um, and I remember saying, I don't think I'm ever going to do a film. He said, how old are you? I said, I'm 36, 37. He went, ah, oh, it'll come. But I, I didn't believe it. And yeah. it's not a bad first film to do. But, yeah. but I, I, I genuinely thought it had passed me by. Um, and it was a different it was a different kind of pressure. Um, but I think I think what I've got is that I, is I, I am a strong flavour, especially if you're casting me in a Scottish thing. Um, and it's kept me working. Yeah, yeah. I'll be brutally honest with you, I... I would quite. I'm, I mean, I'm 50 now. Um, I would quite like to move towards kind of, wouldn't we all, mate? But I would quite like some more substantial parts because what yeah. often happens with me is it's happened a number of times recently. It'll be right. We need one. We need a, a good actor as as I come in as a heavy or a drug dealer or a murderer, but it's one big chunky scene. Well, you need a good actor to hold the audience's attention. You might be acting with a lead. And that's happened more often than I would have liked over the last few years. I'm very fortunate to work at the level I do, but I would like the parts to be more substantial. If you look maybe at, um, maybe yeah. just a bit of range. I do play the odd copper. I've yeah. played uniform officers. I've played, I've played you know, detectives. That's the other area. It's either cop or villain. I think um, and there's a Scottish actor that we all know who's had a similar sort of path. I think, but he kind of he's kind of broke. Tommy Flanagan, you know, yeah. Tommy Flanagan was in Hollywood movies for years, but he never actually said much. He was always oh. the heavy, yeah. and then until it was at Sons Anarchy, Sons then he really he really yeah. started to get. He had a character, and he was talking yeah. all the time. But, Tom, but for Tommy, years and years, you know, but Tommy was Tommy was doing theatre with Robert Calvillo <laughs> back in the day. He started Tommy away. Was, yeah. a, Tommy's a brilliant actor. He just never get the opportunity to. Yeah. And I think yeah. he did Rat Catcher with, with Lynn Ramsey, uh, which was a kind of independent yeah. film. Yeah. And people were like, they can act. But anybody that knew Tommy. I think they've seen the scar and that was that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, totally. And he's got, he, Tommy's got really good emotional range. It just, it, it took a while for people to give him the opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's the, yeah. next, the next battle, really. I think I've had, I've had two major phases in my life. One was kind of leaving the theatre to explore yeah. this, and I would definitely do theatre again. The second yeah. phase is me trying to find better parts, which is yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. hopefully, till I'm 80. Yeah, yeah. So in, in terms of, back to those these parts again for a little bit, I know you worked with, um, I know you've done a lot of films, but you worked with, I saw recently, oh, it was probably last year, uh, Guy Ritchie and Wrath of Man. I read yeah. a little bit, I don't know if I read it somewhere, I heard you in a podcast or something, you were talking about, you went to LA and Richie gave you a few 
<laughs> lines at the last minute yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the yeah. fuck was that about? So that made that made me feel a bit better because when I'm yeah. shooting my little no budget films and somebody I've wrote in the yeah. last minute and gave something, the actors go, "This is no, this no, this no. guy." Had... <laughs> guy, <clears throat> what with guy will tell you that it can be a little bit nerve wracking because you'll get sent a script and mm-hmm. you and guy's a genius. I mean, and he's a great, he's a great bloke, but it can be petrifying because you'll learn the dialogue, mm-hmm. you'll think you've got it locked down, you'll rehearse it, guy will look at it, not fancy it, yeah. get his writer over, They'll his guy's a brilliant writer as well, they'll collaborate on a scene and you, you're handed a new scene. And it's literally fucking terrifying because you're maybe going to go 10, 15 minutes later now, yeah. that sounds like a lot of time to get a few lines of dialogue down. But if you're doing your job properly, you've thought your character through, you've thought the yeah, yeah, connection yeah. in that moment. And the, I was in Los Angeles. <clears> I, I went out to shoot. Just I was only there for about nine days. Right. And I was only in a couple of scenes. So I had a lot of downtime. No, I've seen it. You're good in the scenes, man. It was yeah, good, thank you. Know, thank you. you see, you're, it was a, you're a good presence on it. You yeah, know. thanks a lot. <clears> I'm, I'm, I'm humbled that you say that. But I, was, I had a day off. And I was in the Gold's Gym at Venice Beach, the kind of mecca for bodybuilding. It's a well-known gym, yeah. And yeah. I went, and uh, it was amazing. And the phone went, and it was uh, one of the ADs, assistant director, is for anybody who doesn't know. Guy wants you to come in. And I was like, it's my day off. He went, Guy wants you to come in. And I was like, right. So I jumped to the room. <laughs> and all I had to do, uh, there's no spoilers here, all I had to do in the scene was an LA street, with a black and white cop car behind me, I, had to, I was on the phone, and all the all the camera direction was Brendan looks behind him at a cop car, and then looks back to to us or whatever. So all I had to do was this. But when I got there, guy came out his trailer and he said to me, "I've got some, I've got some bunny for you," and I was like, "Fucking bunny!" He went bunny. I went, "What the fuck is bunny?" He went, Rabbit. I went, rabbit. He went, fucking chat, Cam, chat. <laughs> so he handed me this. It's like a little monologue. Right. And I'm the only actor on set. Right. And it's an LA street blocked off. Yeah. There's a motorbike in front of me that I've, the characters come off. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally looking at it going, fuck. I've got five, ten minutes to get us in my nut. Um. I won't tell you how we got round it, but we got round it. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying to me, he was really pleased with what we did on the day. Mm-hmm. He said, look, Cam, Cameron, it's unlikely to get into the film. Yeah. But it gives me, you, you know better than anybody. It gives you options that you might need it, you know. They might use in the edit. Yeah. Um, and I watched it and there's the scenes that the very quick section of the scene is in. So I must have done something right. But one of the most terrifying things in a situation like that is that you are, obviously I was doing an American accent and you've got a whole load of new dialogue that's kind yeah. of worked its way into your muscle memory yeah. in terms of the accent. So you're kind of struggling a little bit to get the yeah. appropriate sounds very quickly. So so basically I was shitting myself, but pure adrenaline, him kind of coaching me through, but he's brilliant. It's a flip side to that, though, as well, because yeah. in a way it can be exciting as well. But as a fact, I did, I was surprised by that because I thought that's the sort of thing you do in no budget films, but on a 30 million movie or something like that, I thought, no, there's no. But, but, but you, it, you know, it's why, it's why his films, <coughs> I think, 
look like they kind of crackle with tension sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he no, does. but it's good he's got the control yeah. to do that. You know, yeah, but the flip the flip side of that is if a director like that gives you lines at the last minute and you, you've you expected to do that, you go, wait a minute, you've given me the fucking an hour, whatever. If this fucks up, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, at the same we time, warned, you know. We were you know. warned at the audition that we had to be able to improvise in a very, very exceptionally strong American accent. But at the same time, you still got to take that into consideration that you're giving yeah. actors the last minute, do you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, in a way, yeah. you could probably go, fuck it, if he's giving me the last minute, don't fly with let's just go with it. Let's fly I, with I it. Loved you know? it. I, loved, I loved working with him. I'd love to do it again. But, I mean, the other thing is, you can be in a scene and have nine lines of dialogue, he'll change it, and you'll, yeah. drop, to, you'll drop to one line. So it works yeah. ways. You get stuff given and you yeah. get stuff taken away. Um, yeah. But it keeps you on your toes. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think the casting on that film was particularly good. Um, yeah. and it's I think it's a good movie, Rafa Man, I really do. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. It does yeah. kind of does what it says in the trailer, and yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the main thing a, 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 a movie should do, you know. Yeah. Um I seen a clip where you were doing a lot of action. Um, no, in that movie, another movie. What's that actress name? It was in Prometheus. No, you won't. Is it? Yeah, it was. You've done a lot of action. What, what film was that? Um, what that looked, like a, that yeah, looked what, pretty intense. Yeah, you know. what, what happened to Monday was a different. Yeah, so I shot at <clears> Romania, Glenn Close, uh, Willem Dafoe, Numi right. Patience in it. Um, and I went to the audition. Um, I, you know what I was saying earlier about physically working towards a specific type of part? Yeah, yeah. I took up, I'm 50 now. I took up kickboxing at 42 under right. this mad Romanian guy, Cosmin Aaron. Um, and he said, Why, you know, why do you want to come and get beaten up? Which is what <laughs> happened. I said, I said, I've, I would quite like to do an action film. Um, yeah. And he went, Really? I said, Yeah, I'd quite like, I, I, I said, I can't kick properly and I can't throw a, a punch properly. And that's why I did it. So when I went to the audition, for what happened to Monday, which would be maybe a year after that, a year right. later, they said to me, I all the kind of menace needed for the Dutch character, the, the guy who's called Dutch. But he said to me, what's your fighting like? And I'm like, I'm not in my head, it's at a very basic level, but I've just gone, yeah, yeah, I've been kickboxing for quite some time, six months, maybe seven months. But I thought, I'm not going to talk myself out of a job. And then the offer yeah. came Right. And then I saw the script and was like, I've fucked this here. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to, uh, to carry this. <clears throat> so what I did was, my mate's a stuntman. I called him. I went, right, I'm in the shit. And he gave me a couple of tips. One was to do everything at you know, half pace and then work up to 70% pace, 80% pace. The other tip he gave me was when the stunt coordinator taps you out to put your stunt double in, don't yeah. argue. So I remember those two things. He said the third, he gave me a third tip. He went, if possible, get the stunt coordinator to get a couple of stuntmen to film the whole sequence so you've got a template before you go. So for about four weeks before I went to Romania, right. I was practicing this fight. And right. it's why, it, and I have to say, it is a great fight. Yeah. And it's a really, really good action sequence. Because Numi was playing seven different characters, you would throw one punch, she'd have to fuck off get a new wig, new makeup, new costume, come back to get thrown over a table as another character. So this three-minute fight sequence took a month. Oh, bloody hell, right. So physically, I was I was <sighs> up at four in the morning training 
uh, <clears throat> I would rehearse the fight, I would do the weights, I would do the cardio, and I found it really exhilarating. Um, but I kind of forced myself to get it right. And and what helped me was being able to rehearse the actual sequence, which three other people showed me before I got there. And right. I looked like right. I knew what I was doing. But if yeah. I'd done it, if I turned up and learned it in the space of a few days, I think I would have been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I haven't seen it. I'm going to watch it, you know, good, um, since we talked movie. about it. But I've seen, I've seen a few clips and it looked pretty yeah. intense. Yeah, on, that, you know. um, there was talk of a prequel. A TV right. sequel, um, right. but it never came off. And yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I can be in a prequel, but I can't be in a sequel. <laughs> so you've <laughs> so you've done a you've done a few these these movies. I've I've saw that you've done quite a bit of television, and you've done soaps as well. What is yeah, the con? I'm, I'm always been interested the contrast for that because I know yeah. working on a soap must be. I mean, because it's already well established. What's that like yeah. working on a, you know, and is it pacey, really, you know? I love that. The only, the only two I've not done, I've not done, I've done EastEnders, Hollyoaks, Doctors, and I had a nice stint for a few months in Emmerdale. Right. Um, I was always told by Emmerdale, it's a really amazing place to work. Everybody's lovely. And that's exactly yeah. what it was like. And I think because my career's been so transient, I turn up for a few days and then go somewhere else. Yeah. To actually be rooted somewhere for a few months on and off was nice. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. what I'm hankering after now is a kind of a more sustained role in things. Yeah. Anybody that does soaps, and I've not done River City, and I think there's some brilliant actors in that show. I've auditioned for it four times, never got mm. it. I've not been in for a few years, but it's something I would like to maybe yeah. pop in. Um, yeah, yeah. It's probably somebody that will get murdered by Lenny Murdoch. But, um, <laughs> but there's some brilliant actors in River City, and I think... I think soaps are a real training ground for brilliant directors, actors, writers. It's where you're really, it's a brilliant, brilliant place to learn your craft. Um, it, because of the multicam thing, sometimes they'll go on multicam, more mm -hmm. than one camera pointed at characters, mm -hmm. coverage. It's quick. Even, yeah. on, even when they're only on two cameras or single camera, it's quick anyway. You don't have time to indulge. You know, you don't have time to talk through character. They're shooting. I imagine that. Yeah, yeah. You know. they're shooting a lot of pages every day. You're running and gunning more or less. And, what, and what I found was, I would finish, go to the hotel, learn the lines for the next day, turn up, and then that was the pattern. But I yeah, loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. I loved being part but, of. I, when I only did a couple of EastEnders apps, I was wasn't in Holyoke long at all. Holyoke's long at all. Doctors have done three times, three different characters. But with Emmerdale, just sort of being around the regulars and feeling a wee bit more like a family was a yeah. really nice thing. Um, yeah. And I would, I, I, some actors are snobby about soaps, but I think if you look at actors, in every single soap that I watch, there are some exquisite actors like Jake Woods that played, he's not, no longer in it, like uh, that played Max Branning. My mate Sam Womack uh, used to be Sam Janis who played... Uh, Ronnie, um, you know, Charlie, uh, oh God, what's she called? Plays Janine. Charlie Brooke. Yeah. With, these these are these are really talented people. Um, but uh, Michelle Keegan was brilliant. Lacey Turner is brilliant. Go to Comer, uh, go over to Coronation Street. Joe the Teen is a fantastic actor. They are like literally full of brilliant actors. I think it's that balance if you can get a 
job in a soap for a while and it gets you in learning the craft and yeah. pacing and learning the lines and the discipline there. But as long as you, well, maybe if you if you want that, but if you don't get yeah. stuck in it too long that you maybe want to do TV series, it's more kind of cinematic <laughs> and more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. if somebody gave me a soap, nobody's going to give me any, but if they gave me a soap, I remember years ago, I came back to Scotland and I got offered, I almost got a part in High Road and I never, <laughs> I never even took it. So the agent dumped me. I yeah, didn't even yeah. want to go up for it. I says, because I'll get stuck there for five years and I don't, and I want to try this and I want to try that. And she couldn't fucking process in her head. But it's that side, you yeah. know, if if you know that your strengths are that, that you could stay in it for 10, 20 years, but, you know, but if you can jump in and jump out, like you've done get, so much variety, you know. I, you I get I get 100% what you're saying, but I also get why people stay for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a precarious way to live yeah. your life, this. Exactly, I mean, exactly. From a financial and mental health perspective, it, yeah. batters the, it can batter the living daylights out of you. Yeah, yeah. So I get why people go, I'm just going to sign up long term here. Totally, um, I get it. Yeah. I, I completely understand it. And um, especially today, because independent movies are not the same as they were in the 90s. So you're not always getting independent movies being made. It's either yeah. big independents in the streaming online and the big majors. Yeah. So people are looking for work, regular work. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know. Um, <clears throat> I've um, I've enjoyed every soap I've worked on. I've enjoyed it. I've got no I've got yeah. no negatives. Um, I would yeah. like to do Corey just to get the big, Take get it the big <laughs> but that yeah. I've never auditioned for Coronation Street. So yeah, it's not something that's been on the radar. How is um How is Outlander? Because I know there's a lot of fans to that show. You were on Outlander, um, weren't you? In hindsight, yeah, I've done the job. Right. It, it was brilliant. Yeah, Sam was brilliant. Katrina, brilliant, beautiful people, lovely creative team. The yeah. part was too small. The right. part was, I, sh I should probably, I think, have waited for something that maybe was a little bit more substantial later yeah. on. But it yeah. was a box I wanted to tick. I was yeah. doing another, I was doing maybe two or three, I was on call the midwife at the same time. I right. was squeezing, because of the nature of the job, I was squeezing at any offers that were coming in, I would generally take them. Yeah. But in hindsight, the part wasn't enough to really kind of not shine is the wrong word because you're not you're not trying to do that. But I, there was nothing. Really yeah, I've got what you're saying. There was nothing. I just need a moment. If you've been, yeah. even got a few, look at Samuel L. Jackson. It's been in movies years before he was yeah, yeah. noticed. They had these wee moments. So he would walk on fucking stay yeah. or whatever. And if an actor can just get a moment to shine, you're yeah. looking for that rather than. I know what you're yeah. saying. You know. <clears throat> I think as well when. When you're in a when you're in a big show and you're in a scene with the leads, the yeah. the, the majority of the focus, you know, when it, in the edit will be on the yeah. leads. And yeah. I just never it wasn't a, it wasn't really a challenge. Um, yeah. And I've, I've 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 said to my agent since without Lander, it was my call. You know, she would never have forced me to do it. Yeah. I should have waited because it would have been nice to maybe do a few episodes as yeah. another character and get my teeth into something. Yeah. But great on the CV. Really nice people, and I know I sound like a fucking wanker, but generally, I've met on one hand in in thirty years, people, one hand the amount of people that I would kind of walk past. Most people yeah. are late because we're kind of all in the same mad boat, mm -hmm. and it was, it was a nice job. Um, mm -hmm. Sam was Sam was fantastic. So was Katrina, very welcoming. Um, I just wish maybe I'd waited a wee bit longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. um. And, and so, what was something I was going to ask you? What was it? I had it in my head. I'm just, I don't try to keep notes. I've got notes. No, no, no. I just try to. What was it I was going to ask? Yeah. 
Aye, there was something specific. What was it? Fucking hell. Um, aye, well, bill. we'll go back to it. If I come back to the it, bill. No. <laughs> the bill, no, the <laughs> bill, no, no, it's, it's good to have that variety, man. You know, to jump from there and there. And it's like you said, you do learn a lot of stuff, and how you, I'm sure you learn disciplines and you know how you what and stuff like that. You've got to learn your lines, imagine on soaps. You can't Absolutely. fuck up there, you can't wing it, oh, no, you can't no. bust it. Can I try and improvise? Mm. None of that, shit. I can't, I've, I've not done anything, you know, but also, you know. as well. You, if you're if you're smart, yeah. If you turn up, do a good job, know your lines. There's every chance you might get asked to stay a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just but there's a lot of professionalism. I've them. Um, I don't mean to sound like an old fart, but some younger actors don't get the level of professionalism needed to have a 30, 40, 50 year career. You this know? is and, what I had you talking about this before, and I agreed one hundred percent where you were talking about people think. You were talking in a different way, but the way I'm thinking here is people think that just you see a showreel and you think, well, that's a great actor. When I see a showreel for an actor, I go, okay, they're good, they can act, they may be right for this. But that's only a tiny part of it. Tiny part. You've got to know how to fucking work with people. And for me, if I was going to cast, you know, in bigger things, I I want to know as much as I can about that human being. Because if they're going to be hanging about with me for weeks and months or whatever... Yeah. I've got a, we've got to be in the same trench. And if I'm going to give them a, a, a solution, they're going to give me a problem. It ain't going to work. You know, and I thought, I don't think actors realize that enough how sometimes they burn their bridges just with very subtle things. It's you know, I had an actor, yeah, I had an, yeah, I had an actor turn up one night and uh, I says to him, duh, 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 and he says, uh, he says, well, why am I going to get to such and such? I says, get to the station, jump in a taxi, I'll give you money for the taxi. It's only five minutes down the road. And can a crew member not come in a car and pick me up? And, da, 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 da. and it was like, do you know what? And it was a night shoot. It was a night shoot until seven in the morning. It was going to be fucking cold. It was going to be tough. It was me, Stevie, killing somebody and whatever. And I went, do you know what? Forget it, man. Because if you can't fucking get in a taxi to come here, you're not going to last all night. You know what I mean? No, 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 no chance. And it's like, and no when, I just don't seem to realise that when you were talking no. about how you, you conduct yourself on a set and you yeah. don't fucking, if you don't need it's, to cause any problems. It's, you know incredibly, what I mean? it's incredibly collaborative. You know. And also, I say to my students, <clears throat> um, if you're on a reasonably good budget, you'll get picked up in a car. You'll get three yeah. hot meals. And yeah. the nature yeah. of film is you sit around a lot, but yeah. you'll be yeah. freeway. You'll be in a wee trailer. You'll be yeah. three day. You'll be nice and cosy. Your heating will be on. You'll be tucked up nice. Yeah. You weren't there first thing in the morning with hair and makeup and riggers and fucking clapper yeah. loafers and exactly. You know. You weren't fucking there. And you'll be long gone before they start fucking faulty. <laughs> so keep a fucking civil tongue in your head. Aye. behave yourself and shut the fuck up that's why I cast Stevie for years Stevie that's acted beside me I'd cast him a little shot to see what he was like because he was in one of my features and then once I realised what he's like and the, the yeah. shot didn't Is go that, that well boy? aye aye, aye yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's for Dublin you know right. oh, um, sorry, sorry. Apologies, Stevie. so it <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew, I but I, wrong, sorry. I can have I fucked up the, the short film no in purpose but I thought Stevie's gonna get he's not gonna last with me with this. But he says, No, no, I can see that why that didn't work and whatever. Anyway, cut a long story short, because he stuck with me for so long, then I started writing for him. 
you know, mm. to the point that we don't even need to talk half the time. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it's it's very rare that you get that, and actors don't seem to realise that. And that's why even like Guy Ritchie will use Jason Stratham or, or Matt Scorsese will use De Niro and DiCaprio or yeah. John Cassavetes always use the same team of people because it's very rare that but you get those. Well you know, quite often with these big directors, you see <clears> you, you see actors that aren't particularly famous turning up in maybe two, three, four, five movies because they yeah. know that they can trust them. Exactly. Like, and no. the smaller parts are still yeah, yeah. It's a hell of an achievement to do yeah, movies. Yeah, so yeah, you give yeah. it give it to people you trust. But but discipline plays a huge part and it's very collaborative. I once worked with an actor who wouldn't take his own it was a film, he wouldn't yeah. take his own makeup off with a wet wipe. He had to get the makeup girl had to do it. Um and that was on a twenty-five grand horror film. Um and it was fucking disgusting. I just remember no, I see. I just well, yeah. I just you, you keep a thing and you go out right, fucking never again. It's just that's that you know, but do you know what? I think it's when people don't realize that you know, I, I've been lucky, I've most of the people I've worked with occasionally, but most actors don't realize that I took you, but it was another 2,000 people behind you that took yeah. over you that have been asking for 10 fucking years. Hey, and I'm Mr. Nobody, I'm Mr. No Budget, you know, and there's still 2,000 people. Can you imagine a budget movie? People like, always, all people do you know what I mean? And then yeah. I've just found, <clears throat> I've just found it, and it sounds a bit pat, but just being nice and easy to work with. Yeah, exactly. Stood me in very good. Exactly, state. because yeah. if it's no, if it's no fun, this game, and it is a, it is a, it can be a tough game, and you're working against the clock. But if you're not making it fun, what's the fucking point? Do you know what I mean? Go, also, go to, you know, two cliches, but we ain't doing minds, <clears throat> and we're not doing brain surgery. Exactly, exactly, you know? exactly. And actors, you know. actors, unfortunately, some of them think they are. Yeah, that's the fucking yeah. problem. I know it's um, you know, but what, so that's what I was that's what I was going to ask. So you, if we jump into you've got a, you teach acting, don't you? You got an acting school? Yeah, I've, I teach I teach at a number of schools. I've taught I've taught on and off for about twenty years, and uh, right. I've enjoyed it. And it's a nice when I'm not acting. I'm fortunate that schools will employ me to um, to go and kind of teach it. Um, yeah. And I've kind of begun to specialise a little bit in in the screen acting rather than you know, kind of monologues or even yeah. things like, you know, very occasionally kind of like musical theatre workshops and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm about to launch a new venture down south. Uh, sorry to my Scottish punters. Um, <laughs> London Acting School, LES. We, um, it's been in existence for a little while. Two brilliant actors, Stephen Billington, who's in Resident Evil. He was in Braveheart. Robert Kavanagh. Robert's Scottish lads from Edinburgh, very good paling, lovely guy. Robert's been in Sahara, you know, Outlander, The Crown, the Borgias, uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. It's insane, Robert's CV. So we're coming together. We're launching summer workshops. Uh, and we're looking at maybe doing a weekend school, maybe potentially an evening school, and also moving it around the country. Because I think what, what happens a lot is... You get a lot of drama schools, but screen acting, and I've experienced this, screen acting is often taught quite badly because mm. it's often taught by technicians rather than actors. And yeah. I couldn't tell you one end of a camera from the other, so mm. I don't teach the technical side of film. I teach, you know, Robert, Stephen and I will teach you how to put the nuts and bolts together to give a convincing screen performance Get that very important sort of, you know, uh, 
kind of realization that it's your eyes really that are telling the story. You know how if, how uh, you know how it acts. In a it's a little mechanisms that are ticking yeah, over by yeah. you. You know, it's 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 you know. technical, but also <clears throat> with Robert and Stephen, they are they trained at Drama Center. They're very they're very smart guys, and as I said, what's at a high level. They're very big on uh, you know exploring the text before you even you know think about getting in front of the camera. So yeah, we've launched it. Um, we've got a few people booked up. We can always take more. Um, but I'm looking forward to collaborating with these two guys. They're very smart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is that purely focused on the screen acting? Is it, just is, screen acting. Does it For deal that, with the, the business acting, not just screen acting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just, just the yeah. screen stuff. But just, right. um, just <clears> literally um, five days. Um, right, right. And then if we get, you know, if it's, if it's a hit, we'll, we'll run it again. Um, yeah, yeah. But next week, um, I'm working with a young actor called Zach Morris, who played Keegan in EastEnders. Zach left in February, and he's just gone off, shot a big movie, and I think it was Montenegro. Um, and Zach and I and a young director from Leeds called Cause Greenup, who I've worked with a couple of times, we're doing a workshop at a school that I teach at. So Zach, having been in a soap, will do. They'll rotate them. You'll get a director's perspective. Um, because the director will talk about how he sets up a shot, how he casts an actor, which you'll understand better than anybody. Yeah. Zach will talk about the intensity of a soap and learning lines at, at short notice and having to change and adapt. And I'll cover kind of the business side, talk about showreels and self tapes and stuff like right, that. Right. So, um, so it'll be a good day for them. Um, but I love teaching it, and I'm really fortunate that schools allow me to do it you know go in and yeah yeah um but well, the good thing is that the experience because you've had experience on cinema cameras as well and yeah. you have learned that being subtle is i mean it's a fine balance because it, there's that famous interview with De Niro that says don't do nothing do absolutely yeah. nothing and yeah, yeah. you've got to be so subtle but at the same time there's a little flip to that where Screen, good screen acting is like you, you shouldn't really see it until you're actually close up and then you all fucking yeah, see yeah, it on yeah. the screen now but yeah. <clears throat> but i think there's also a flip side <clears throat> where you can also inject a little bit of you're an entertainer as well it's like it's why probably somebody like gary Oldman created such a career because he brought a, another level of sort of panache to it you know panache and, and i think you gary but also you know often when you watch <clears throat> gary there's, a kind of, there's often with Gary's characters there's a real playfulness to it as well. Exactly, exactly. You know, That's what I mean. There's an entertaining playfulness yeah. and kind of flamboyance. Yeah. But he's still incredibly inner. You know what I and mean? And then if you watch, if you watch exactly, if you watch Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood, <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. that's there as well, that kind of playful kind of yeah. darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, know. you have to entertain people. You know, you can't yeah. you can't be so back foot there's nothing going on. Aye, but you aye. also have to but be you can't be over the yeah. top and animated yeah. and but like you know. I said to you earlier, Dave, I, I did do a film till I was 39, and when I turned up on set on the Dark Knight Rises, I couldn't understand why everyone spoke so quietly. I'm genuinely like because I've done a bit of telly, yeah. which is you know, you know you have to keep your energy down, you know, kind of sit on top of your energy almost and not kind of you know overexert yourself physically. And, and like I was saying about my first telly gig. Yeah, often, yeah. You know, everything. Yeah. So I learned with doing TV, I learned to keep it down. Moving <clears> to cinema, especially yeah. the higher up the food chain you go, it just gets, it just becomes less and less. 
Aye. And I remember on the first day, I'd a scene with Name Drop Clang, I'd a scene with Anne Hathaway, and a brilliant British actor called Burn Gorman. And I was in the scene, uh, I'd have gone up to Anne Hathaway's head, um, my, you don't see me in shot until a wee bit later. Um, but I literally, there is, literally, I'm here, she's a foot away, very close to me. Yeah. And I was struggling to hear her. And yeah. I was literally like, why is it so why is it so quiet? And then when you watch it on the screen, yeah. you realize that, that it's just beautifully pitched because in a close-up, and sometimes an extreme close-up, even a mid-shot, doing so <clears> much <throat> kill it. But because yeah. of their experience and their natural talent and their intelligence, they already know that I'm mm. having to learn that kind of on the hoof. And I yeah. think I've got there. I still watch myself sometimes and think, oh, that's a bit fucking big. Um, and I think I think I've maybe got a little bit lazy the last few years, um, just because I'm kind of playing at the same type of character. Um, so time for change, I think. But the thing is, the the, the good thing is you've got the uh, your self awareness to be aware of that. Some actors are not aware of it, so you can dial no. it in. I've seen perform. I've even seen some De Niro performances where I go, man, you're too over the top there. And then yeah. I've seen a scene where he's so fucking subtle and he's done nothing but doing yeah. everything. So yeah. even that, even people that you know, I see Steve means sometimes means Steve are doing a scene. And then we stop and go, we look at each other and start laughing and go, what the fuck? It's a way over the top. Now, most people look at it and go, it's no over the top, but we can just tell by the eyes yeah. that it's just fucking too animated. We're, di we're dialing it in. But you as, know, long as, it's, you as long as it's, I think it can be over the top <clears throat> in terms of energy on occasion. As long oh, as yeah, rooted, yeah. As long as it's rooted in naturalism, that's the Exactly. Thing. As long as, it's, as if there's drama in the scene, yeah. And it's rooted in the right reasons, but it's no, you yeah, know, yeah. It, it, we were kind of just dialing in too much because we realised we had to rush. And so no, let's just slow down and do this right. Do you know what I mean? I just think, I think so. some actors just don't get naturalism and they don't get how small it has to be for the How camera. small, exactly, you know. You know. And, um, and in terms of physicality, in terms of volume, it has to be dialed back. There's a brilliant, brilliant casting director down here, Daniel Edwards, who's currently casting Grace on ITV. But Dan is a he's an ex actor. He's a lovely one of the loveliest casting directors. Dan, he did Sherlock, Ripper Street, Line of Duty, Mister Selfridge, brilliant mm. guy. Dan put a thing on Instagram, uh, I think about three four years ago, along the lines of, um, when you come in to see me or you come in to do a TV audition, do as little as you can. And then just below it, he said, and then do 25% less than that. Mm, and I mm. thought, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Because I say to my students sometimes, when they're pushing and kind of physicalising and overexerting, I, I want them to get to a point where, I'm not saying it's effortless, but they feel like they're <clears> doing very little. And mm. when they feel like that, I say, how do you feel? They'll say, well, I don't feel like I'm doing it. And I'm going, like, now we're in the ballpark, you mm. know. Now, yeah. now we can look at making it more interesting, but it has to be, has to be, has to fit the frame. It has to be delivered from a place of naturalism most of the time. And mm. um, there are exceptions to that, obviously. It has to be truthful. And the more you move around, as young actors do sometimes when they're training, the less truth is there. And I've done I'm, it, and that's why I kind of tell them. I think you just have to try and experience the, the moment. The scene, yeah. and just you're so tuned into the chat, the, the or the yeah. the threads into that moment. You're not even well, thinking about who's around you. 
And if you if you tune properly into that, then it starts to get that's the level it should be at. Do you know what I mean? And also, you know, it's like just, you know, just, you know <clears throat> listen, listen like it's the first time you've heard it. Exactly. And listen naturally. Yeah, that's what Morgan Freeman says. It's and that's one thing I learned. Just listen to what the person is saying. You don't need to fucking act. You just listen to what they're saying, and then what they're saying, you naturally react towards back to that, and it's the table tennis, and that's when it's good, you I know. Think Freeman's Freeman's a master class in stillness. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, you know, and, but, uh, and kind of back <clears throat> delivery. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So, so. Okay, can do you know what I could talk on eight man? I could talk so for hours to you. I could talk I for hours to you. But... <laughs> <laughs> we need to do it again, right? At some point, you do know. Again. And do and, 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 and again when I've got something to plug. <laughs> I I do that, you know. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm all right with that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look. Before we wrap up, so just want to give your 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 acting uh, classes a, a plug. I'm going to put your links on here, you Bro, know, in the video. I'll you. put them on the, the the audio channels. I'll put your. I'll put it. Send me your links, and I'll put them on there. And um, but just I'll get a little plug for that again. Where can we? Where can you? Is there a website for it? Is it on uh, your LondonActingSchool.com. Right, LondonActingSchool.com. Yeah. And, and there's a link to book for the summer. <clears throat> what we're planning to do is um, is um, is move, move around the country. We're we're talking to a school in Belfast. I've reached out a school in Glasgow, uh, potentially Newcastle, Cardiff, so that you know you kind of. I don't know if these types of schools are kind of there at your kind of your fingertips. Mm. So Robert, being Robert, who's very driven, is like, no man, let's fucking go and move it around. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I, like I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And it's, 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 do you know what? It's a good way to market it because you're on the road and you can shit and social and it's a good yeah, way to plug totally. it. You know, so uh, <clears throat> yeah. look out for that. All right, man. So, uh, no, as I said before, I could talk until fucking two in the morning, but we need. To be what, are you, what are you doing you know. next? Is it more crime lord, or are you working on other stuff? No, like I go on crime lord. It's more like it's it's like getting on a train. You're trying to go off in a way. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Me and Stevie only started it to shoot a scene together, and it just started for there, and it just went for there, and then I'd done it to learn the camera and shoot and keep learning and playing, keep acting, like acting scenes. Yeah. That's you know. Um, you know what, um, I'm, I'm full of I will support anybody that creates their own content um, I've, got, yeah, I've got a you massive know. admiration for people that, that go and make stuff um, I, I've tried to do that myself I'm, I'm still trying to do that but um, it, it's just incredible what you've done I think your yeah. work ethic the volume of content it's brilliant. I appreciate sure that, man. You. you know, I'm sure it will take you to where you need no, to. No, that's that's kind of you. But I just I just see it as it's all just a learning thing. It's not. I, I haven't done anything. That I feel like oh, that's that's why I like. You know, I've I feel that I've not even fucking started yet. You know, do you think people so, are snobby uh, about snobby <clears throat> about stuff that's maybe low budget, no budget? Yeah, of course, but I don't really. Give a shit. I honestly don't care. Um, I'm not looking for approval for the industry. I, I don't apply yeah. to Scottish screens and like that. I don't. I just do my. I never did when I did my first movie. Yeah. I'm. I've got a plan. I was telling you about before with bigger scripts as well. Try that. Yeah. And there's this thing called NFTs and the blockchain. I'm working towards. There's another thing there, yeah. which is nobody knows what the fuck really is. Most people at the moment. So I'm kind of working more with the technology stuff. So it's more about trying to build my own thing as well, side by side. But so. You know yourself, once you've decided on this path in sickness and health and fucking and all that business, just that's you. But you've we, got to do got, it, you know. Just, just briefly, we mentioned yeah. before we came on 
Yeah. Um, sorry, that's the dog lunging. Um, <laughs> He's like, I, mean, I, work, off I, work, I work with James Price. I know you've worked with James. Yeah, yeah. Um, I shot Boys Night. We shot it for a few grand. I was on 80 quid a day. Yeah. Um, it's the best experience I've ever had. James um, is a great filmmaker. I saw that um, in Edinburgh. Yeah. In fact, I'd met him in Edinburgh. I was shooting a, a, a real influencer for them. I was shooting some corporate yeah. venue stuff. I wasn't even there for a fucking film. And yeah. he came up to me and he, you know, said, oh, I saw your film, you know, I liked it. And I was like, I just fucking dismissed this. I said, oh, that piece of shit. <laughs> you know, I said, well, thanks anyway, man. But I spotted him and then I went to his film the next night, which was um, Boys Night. And I loved it. I, do you know what? It reminded me back in those films because some films can take themselves incredibly serious in these festival wow. circuits and they're a bit snobby. And just, he, he was exactly big. like the Schubert was there. The, the, yeah. I think it's the, the authentic Glasgow Scottish voice that he doesn't... The Springburn Scorsese, mate. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he doesn't... Um, I, think he's, I think he's a very special talent, James. You know, it was an honour to work with him. Yeah, he yeah. Never worked with me since. I'm going to tour right <laughs> before I see him. Um, but he's brilliant, James. And um, so yeah, yeah. Is, uh, some of the best stuff doesn't pay that well. Some of the best stuff yeah, doesn't cost yeah. that much to make. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And you can see the potential. You can, uh, you know, I, I've got no doubt James will get uh, films made. And he's doing well. He's yeah. just worked with Peter Mullen. He's, he's been on the BBC with a few films. So he's, he's gone in the right direction, you know. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, smokes, man. Too many, smokes too many fags and drinks too much coke, mate. But I've told too them much, that. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't mother them, but I've told them. <laughs> Let's clarify it really is Coca Cola. You're not doing coke. Well, you may be doing coke. Right? I don't yeah. know. You know, I was, I, I, that, I was pretty convincing in that, that, stuff, that, that Sopranos music video. He was a coke fucking deal. He was pretty convincing in that as an actor, yeah. and all, you know, he was good in but, that, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that was every, a mental I night. Everyone, I thought everyone was great in that. I'm not just saying that because you were in it, but it yeah. was a fantastic piece of work. James's work's brilliant, but, but this I is. He, I thought he carried yeah. he carried the character he played well. This is what I liked that night when it turned up. And this is we're talking about acting things again, where again you can't even overthink things too much. When I turned up, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I says, I'll, I'll, I was like, it was before Christmas and it was during the COVID period. I says, well, I got on the bus and I got it. I got eventually, she's right, come in here, you're in there and you're going to fucking maybe kill a guy. And I'm, I'm the dealer. And it's like, right, okay, just, well, well, just tell me where I need to sit, what I can play with. Can I play with this? Can I play with that? Can I move here? Yeah, yeah you can do that. You can do that. I says, what's this for? I, says, I didn't matter. I didn't care what it was for. It was YouTube. He says, oh, it's uh, Michael Imperioni for Sopranos. It's a music video for him. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting noticed. Yeah. He's getting yeah. But do you know what I love, mate? I know we're going on and on. But it was yeah. after every take, practically every take we did on Boys Night. Thanks, Cammy, man. I really appreciate it, man. I think we're yeah. making yeah. something very special here. Yeah. Like yeah. every day, James would say that. And I was like, yeah. you know what? We fucking yeah. are, mate. Because of you. Yeah. Because yeah. you wrote it. You've conceived it. You've directed yeah. it. You know? Yeah. And what I like about James is he'll, he'll, he'll give you a note when you need a note, but he kind of lets you go on with it. That's the best people. They just fucking leave so. you, leave you I alone. So, yeah. Unless you need them, they're there. Yeah. But you know, let, tell you an actor they can play in this space. You can do this. You can do that. Yeah. Find me there. Like, just go. I'm not going to yeah. overdirect you. Too many people want to direct. I know. And they think directing means telling you what to do. It's no directing is creating a comfortable space for an actor to yeah. work and just let and them get, get fucking on with it. And getting you know. the getting the, the jigsaw right. Exactly. You know. You know. I say so. it's simple. It's not simple, but you you do it well, it's, mate. It's simple once you know how, you know, you know. But um, if, I'm, I I'm just... like, if I look like I'm up to something, I'm clapping the dog because if I don't, if I don't clap her, 
she'll just <laughs> wench. She'll just fucking wench. This is Coco. Coco's got um, a star moment. He starts you know. great if I don't right. if I don't stroke her. She's a wee belter. Well, she's been pretty quiet, you know. Um, she's been good, mate. She's a good girl. Yeah, you know. You know. So, all right, man. It's been great. Every been great to talk to you and for everybody that's watched. Really appreciate it. Listening to this podcast. Thanks a lot for Cam and Jack to come along, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for asking me, mate. I love you. No, I appreciate your time. Appreciate your time. You know, thanks a lot. Sleep well, mate. I will do it.